everybody, welcome back, <laughs> back, back in black uh, to the Ocean State Sidelines. Uh, I guess we'll call this the official start of year two of Ocean State Sidelines. Uh, season two. Season two. Season two. Yeah, there we go. Season two. We're ready to rock uh, after a summer mostly uh, spent at baseball fields and various other places. We're uh, ready to get back to uh, the grind of football season get some college football to talk about and high school football starting up this week first up first off you know he's will gagan sports editor of the south county independent i'm brendan mcgear sports writer with the Pawtucket times one socket call this is why i don't usually do the intro because i can't be trusted to do the important parts <laughs> but uh you know like you said well it's been a good summer a lot of ball fields remarkably neither of us are, are very tan at yeah, this point that's true we got the farmer's tan but uh we transition to football here, a little college football, a little high school football, and we'll start with a game that you and I were both at on Saturday night. Great atmosphere at Mead Stadium, just a, a tough ending for the uh, Rhodey Rams. Yeah, it was, it was quite a night. Uh, the opening of the new Mead Stadium with turf and lights, and the fans showed up, 8,511. Uh, capacity at Mead is around 6,500, uh, so they were just jamming people in, they, got, they have new field level suites, there are people uh, on concourses, there were people even in the sidewalks watching from outside who couldn't get in, so great atmosphere, but like you said, the, uh, the home team did, could not uh, come through with a win in that atmosphere, losing a heartbreaker, triple overtime to Delaware. Now, you and I uh, both attended uh, Coach uh, Fleming's press conference afterwards, and I think he was asked about... Even though they were up 13 nothing at the half, it felt like they st- left a couple of points out there. You know, a couple had to sell for field goals, stalled in the red zone. I'm sure that's going to be a point emphasis. URI is off this week. They return to action a week from this coming Saturday at New Hampshire, another CAA game. I'm sure they'll, you know, fine-tuning things in the red zone is one area of emphasis they'll be going over. Yeah, because they, they, URI struggled with that in the season opener against Ohio as well. And, yeah, I mean, the, the game, you know, you could point to a lot of different things in the overtimes and the fourth quarter. But if you take it back further to the first half, easily could have been up 21 nothing. Easily could have been, you know, kicked a field goal that they, if they, they make the field goal that they missed or score a touchdown on the opening drive of the second half. You're looking at 24 nothing, 28 nothing. I mean, it might be game over at that point. Uh, instead, Delaware works their way back and, and it becomes a, a big game. So, yeah, red zone missed opportunities, I think, were really what stuck out. And uh, Aaron Parker, I mean, what can we say about him? Six foot three, you know, catch and run, double teams, working the sidelines. He did everything for the Rams on Saturday, over 200 receiving yards. Most of it coming in the fourth quarter and overtime. Yeah. I believe he had 130 yards between the fourth quarter and the three overtimes. That's like a day's worth of work right there. Yeah. Just unstoppable. Yeah, he's unbelievable. He's, I mean, he's the best, the best skill player, the best kind of star URI football has had and as long as I've been covering them. He's just a fantastic player. The, the thing that sticks out is, I mean, maybe two years ago he was sneaking up on people a little bit. Maybe even last year there were some other weapons in the red zone so he could get open. Like, just triple cover him now. And Delaware was doing that at times, and he was still getting open, still finding a way to just go up and make plays. He's just an incredible competitor, really, really talented player. You know, Worth the, the price of admission. The 36-yard catch and run that he had that set up uh, the game-tying field goal with 19 seconds yeah. left, that was you know, maybe his most impressive yeah. offensive burst of the night. But one thing that I asked him after the game is that he had a key block, I thought, in uh, the second overtime that freed up his teammate, Amari Dorsey, for a touchdown. 
You talked about wanting to be a complete player, mm-hmm. you know, not just uh, someone who can get gaudy numbers. And that was a key play in that instance. And he even said he missed a few blocks earlier in the game. He had another chance. He atoned for it. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's he he just gets it. He buys into everything. Great player and bright future. I mean, there's you know, Roby football Twitter account. If you ever see it, is always tweeting out. You know, scouts are in Kingston today, and they they've had almost every NFL team and. He is one of the main attractions, him, him and Kyle Murphy, the, the lineman. But Parker, I could, I could see making some noise at the next level. And uh, in terms of local guys from the Blackstone Valley, it was nice to see Mamadou Mbai with a, a key interception there in the first half. And uh, A.J. Beeble from Cumberland, he also played a key role in the defense as well. I thought it was a good question by uh, Stone Freeman after the game, uh, who did the play-by-play for our year view, asking about what was it like for the roadie defense to kind of deal with two different quarterbacks. You know, mm-hmm. Albany was kind of alternating a little bit in and out, and I thought Mamadou gave a good answer. You know, obviously Vito Priori is the starter, but they also f- feature some other quarterbacks on the depth chart, as you probably know well about, can run and shoot and things like that. So they kind of. You know, familiar with dealing with different style quarterbacks, but dealing with in the game sense, I'm sure that was a bit of an adjustment for the defense. Yeah, that was that must have been tough because that the Delaware's you know change of pace quarterback had some serious speed. He picked up a third down on their, I think it was third and fifteen on their scoring go ahead scoring drive that ended up being a huge play. So, uh, yeah, that was a tough tough uh, situation for the for the URI defense. In terms of the big picture, uh, I mean they. URI has been was right there with Delaware, who's ranked, who was ranked twenty first in the nation, um, and, and they had the big crowd. They're hoping the big crowd comes back another night game in a couple of weeks. The thing that always is tricky about U, uh, URI football situation, like they're they're a good team. You can be a good team in the CAA and go, you know, two and six in the conference. Like it's it is a tough league. And, you know, this is a, it looks like on paper a very good, potent URI team with a lot of pieces. Just remember, they were picked eighth in the CAA. Yeah, exactly. And that just tells yeah. you how the depth yep. of that league. And, you know, we'll, we'll transition to Bryant football right here. They've already played two CAA teams that, will, that URI will see down the road, Stony Brook and Albany. You know, Stony Brook laid a 35-10 beating on Bryant in uh, week one back on August 29th. And then last Saturday, Albany beat the Bulldogs 45-3. to So, yeah. no tests are coming for Brody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the CAA is brutal. Yeah, as far as Bryant's concerned, I mean, outside of playing, opening up against two uh, FBS teams, that's about as tough as it gets is playing two CAA foes. Even though Albany hasn't, hasn't been great, Stony Brook was a playoff team last year, so... Uh, that's a pretty tough opening for uh, the new era in Smithfield. Yeah, the Chris uh, Merritt era has gone off to a little bit of a bumpy start, but they finally get a home game on Saturday at uh, Bernie Stadium against Fordham. Then they welcome Bryant and former head coach James Perry to Smithfield the following uh, Saturday. So a little chance to get going before uh, NEC play begins at the end of the month when St. Francis comes to, uh, to Smithfield. That's actually three straight games for uh, Brian, so we don't have to worry about getting any buses anytime soon. Yeah, and uh, I'll be interested to see, you know, with a new coach, it always takes a while to settle in, to kind of figure out what's going on. It always seems like there's that kind of like signature moment where the team buys in or, or they get a big win, they get a big play, and everything kind of moves on from there. So you see if maybe this uh, stretch of home games can kind of provide a, a spark for that. I was thinking about this. If you're a senior at Bryant playing football, you were recruited by one coach, Marty Fine. Yep. You played two years for James Perry, and now you're on your third coach. Yeah. That's that a lot tough. to digest that for a, a kid. Lot. That is tough. 
that's uh that's, that's not for the faint yeah, of heart it's tricky but yeah i mean kudos to those guys who are sticking with it sometimes in that situation it's those seniors who can kind of lay the foundation for uh for a new era so see what happens yeah and hopefully uh you know chris Merritt doesn't lose those seniors either mm. because uh once you lose that group, it could get very downhill very quickly. Yeah. But uh, like you said, there's a great opportunity for them upcoming with three straight games at home, the final one being an NEC game. We'll transition now to high school football, and it feels weird to finally say that they're playing non-league games. Usually, it's like Labor Day weekend, we have injury fund, and last weekend was the non-leaguer. This is the kickoff for a league play, but everything got pushed back a little bit. Last week was injury fund. This week are the non-league tests. You know, I'll confess, we'll learn a lot more about these teams moving yep. forward. I, I did not see any injury fun games at all this past weekend. But uh, I know a lot of teams are excited and chomping at the bit to finally get going at, at long last. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. I mean, I, I think it's because Thanksgiving is late this year, so everything there's extra time to get in everything before Thanksgiving. But I think the Super Bowls are, I think, November 16th and 17th. I looked in the interstellastic oh, so weeks. Two weeks yeah. So... Who uh, knows? Maybe, yeah. finally, maybe they're finally doing the old thing that I've been wanting for years, give everybody a little bit of a break between yeah. the end of fall sports and the start of winter sports. It yeah. feels like Super Bowls are going on and winter <clears throat> sports tryouts are taking place and you know basketball coaches are fretting because half their kids are practicing football still. Yeah. Maybe that's the reason rationale behind it, but you know Massachusetts had their non-leaguers this past weekend. It's Rhode Island's turn, finally. Yep. Yep, and I mean, it's always... Uh these games can be pretty good. You can get some good games this week. Uh, you get like some interdivisional stuff, maybe a D1, D2. Last year, Burrowville beat South Kingstown, kind of kicked off their big season. So you can see some good stuff this weekend. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, nice uh, interdivision games, uh, you know, local rivalries. You know, actually, it kicks off Thursday night. Well, Thursday Ooh, night Thursday. action, wow. Lincoln at Shea. Oh, okay. And the ushering in of the Erickson Bands at quarterback era. Ah, there we go. We've talked about Erickson Bands on this podcast before, mostly for his basketball. 56, are they going to score 56 points? Yeah, that'll be <laughs> interesting. But, uh, you know, he's going to try his luck at quarterback. Yeah, it's, that's, uh, that's quite a move for him. Best basketball player in the state, going to, going to the under center. Now, you know, I went out to practice one day a couple weeks ago just to watch him. And, you know, he looked good throwing. It wasn't a contact or anything. Yeah. The one thing that, you know, you've seen him play as well, Will, you know, when he gets to the basket, it's not like he knows how to control his body and not draw contact. Yeah. In football, contact's <laughs> inevitable, especially right. if you're a quarterback <laughs> and you can see him, you know, say if Hendrickson or some Hendrickson lineman is coming after him and can he avoid it? And mm. how is that part of the brain going to react to hits? Yeah. And, you know, getting up and kind of getting back in the huddle and things like that. He's just so head and shoulders above everybody else in basketball in this state that football's a different beast because he might be surrounded by skilled guys who might be a step slow in terms of their route running or a lineman who misses a key block. All it takes is one player to like, you know, not do their assignment correctly, the play is kaput. How is he going to be able to handle that when things go awry and, you know, can he maybe avoid the temptation of making plays with his legs as just so much as, you know, making sure he uses his arm as well. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be. It's kind of a cool story to watch, and it's it's a challenge too. I mean, Shea's now in Division One, second year up in D one, so it's uh, that is also not for the faint of heart. No, absolutely not. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, I give, I give Shea credit. You're, they also probably have one of the better backs in the states, and uh, Jalen yeah, Smith, a absolutely. hot and heavy URI recruit, actually. You know, they played Hendrickson pretty tough last year. I thought yep. this year they yeah, got to go. Right. They got to go to Hendrickson. 
it, I remember that game last year against Hendrick, and it was like, you know, Keith Croft was kind of like nervous a little bit because mm-hmm. that was it for them. They knew they were going to go to the state's top yeah. Super Bowl, not even the Super Bowl, the state championship game. It wasn't, a, it was, you know, kudos to Shea for hanging tough. You know, maybe Arson Bands will be, uh, you know, just what they need to maybe spark the offense. We'll yeah. see. Yeah, we'll see. But, South County wise, uh, always got to start these last few years with North Kingstown, uh, the defending. Two-time defending champions in two different divisions. They're D2 uh, champs in 2017 and the uh, second-tier Division One Super Bowl champion last year. Uh, and, I mean, lost a lot of talent in Dylan Poirier and Gatorade Player of the Year, Gabe Sloat, who's now at URI, a uh, number of guys. But they've got a lot of guys back. It's a, sort of a similar situation to two years ago where they lost some All-State players and had a, had a lot of guys back. I would expect them to be uh, among the top teams again. And they, uh, they have an interesting game this weekend against Portsmouth, who's uh, sort of always a, a D1 contender. Uh, that game's actually going to be at Narragansett High School while North Kingston's uh, field turf project uh, is still to be completed, due to be completed later this month. And since this is the second year of a two-year realignment, and North Kingston went to Henrikin last year and it gave them a very good game, actually. Mm-hmm. Probably could have won that contest. This year, the script is reversed, and the Hawks have to go down to NK. I believe by the end of the month, if my it's memory. if the if all goes according to plan, the uh, the field will be done at that point, and that will be the first football game on the new field, which is pretty exciting. That'll be a big night, uh, big night in NK. Another big game up in the uh, Blackstone Valley uh, on Saturday, uh, defending Division Two Super Bowl champion uh, Winsocket, be hosting Division One St. Rayfield. I'll actually uh, be at that game. Looking forward to seeing how the Novins begin their title defense against mm-hmm. the Saints team that uh, is relying a little bit of youth this year. But uh, and uh, I think Central Falls, you know, they won another, the uh, another D3, defending champ D three yeah. Super Bowl. They're uh, in action on Saturday afternoon as well, I believe, against Hope. So uh, lots of uh, football action this weekend from here until Thanksgiving. Yeah, you know, lots of high school football to yeah. digest. Strap them up every Friday and lots of Saturdays too. Um, I'll close this week with a thought on uh, St. Rayfield Cross Country. I was actually at a meet on Tuesday afternoon over at Slater Park and wanted to give some kudos to uh, Rachel Mongo from uh, the uh, junior class. She completed the course in 17 minutes, 2 seconds. That's pretty impressive for a girl, I think. And, you know, she was a uh, all st- first team All-Stater a year ago. She snuck in at, as the number seven spot. Potential maybe to finish top three this year at the state meet. Uh, just uh, off to a dynamic start. Did well at the uh, Injury Fund Carnival. Well, expecting big things from her this uh, fall. And I'll uh, do a quick shout-out to North Kingstown Girls Volleyball, who is off to a 2-0 start this season and has now won 42 matches in a row, which is just ridiculous. Two championships, two undefeated seasons in a row. I don't know the next time they're going to lose. They just keep reloading. They lost a fair amount of talent from last year's team, and they have players up from JV who are just as good, and uh, the beat goes on. And yeah, that's sound uh, yeah uh, good luck anyone who's going to uh, maybe beat them this year. Uh, if you do, you're going to definitely earn yep, it. Yep, absolutely. Uh, you're, you might, you might, uh, we talk about perfect games. Mm-hmm. You might have to play a close yeah. to a pitch for a perfect yeah. game in order to beat uh, North Kingstown this year. Yeah, they're tough. So volleyball season will be interesting at NK. But uh, we'll get more soccer, cross-country, field hockey talk in upcoming weeks. And uh, looking forward to another season. And thanks for everyone for listening. We'll be back next week. All right, thanks.